If you read the Word of God, you will find that from the beginning, God always shared with His people that He had a heart to take the people who already knew Him and use them to reach those who did not already know Him. So I am not going to preach a sermon this morning, but I am going to take you on a quick whirlwind tour of your Bible, and I'm going to start in uh, Genesis chapter 12. Now in Genesis chapter 12, as you probably know, Genesis is the first book of the Bible, and in chapter 12, we have the first point in which God actually calls a people unto himself. He goes to this guy named Abram, who as far as we know is a pagan, and he introduces himself to Abram, and he says, I'm going to call you to follow me by faith, to put your trust in me, and by faith, I'm going to uh, give you salvation, and not only that, but I am going to make you the father of the faithful, and through you, the world will be blessed. And in Genesis chapter 12, let me just read to you the first three verses. This is God speaking to Abram. Now the Lord God said to Abram, go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. And I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. The one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. It was always God's plan from the time that he called Abram that he was going to bless all the families of the earth, all the people of the earth, all the people groups of the earth, all the nations of the earth, all the races of the earth. Everyone is on God's heart and God has a heart to reach everyone with the love of Jesus Christ. Now, you may be here today and go, well, you know, I'm just here because... Uh, I, I, I wandered in, or maybe I'm here because uh, I know Bo and Mim and I just wanted to be supportive or something like that. And maybe you don't even have a personal relationship with Jesus yet. It is so good that you're here because you get the opportunity to realize that this God who many of us see as some far off being who created things and, and left us to ruin things is actually active and alive and well and personal. That, that, that he actually loves us. I love that last song that we sing that takes us right through the process that because he loves us so much, he gave his son. Because his son was so willing, he laid down his life, but he didn't stay dead. He paid the price for our sin and rose again from the grave, defeating not only sin, our great enemy, but death, the consequence of our sin. And he did that for us so that this prophecy that is given to Abram can be fulfilled. So... That's in Genesis. If you flip over to the book of 1 Kings, and you can either flip there in your Bibles, look for it on your phone or your iPad or something, or just trust me to not lie to you about this. <laughs> in 1 Kings chapter 8 um, and verse 60, listen to what it says. Let me start in verse 59. This is the dedication of the temple by Solomon. And, and he's praying, and he says, And may these words of mine, with which I have made supplication before the Lord, be near to the Lord our God day and night that he may maintain the cause of his servant and the cause of his people Israel as each requires. What is the cause that God has for his people? It tells us in verse 60. So that all the peoples of the earth may know that the Lord is God, there is no one else. Let your heart therefore be wholly devoted to the Lord your God to walk in his statutes, to keep his commandments, 
as to this day. So even when the temple, the great center of Judaism, is dedicated, the dedication is so that all of the peoples of the earth can know God. That's the idea. And then if you go to the book of Isaiah, which is further back in your Old Testament, in Isaiah chapter 49, we have this amazing verse that has always just struck me so powerfully. In Isaiah 49, listen to what God says to Israel. Um, starting in verse five. And now says the Lord who formed me from the womb to be his servant to bring Jacob back to him so that Israel might be gathered to him. For I am honored in the sight of the Lord and my God is my strength. He says, it is too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved ones of Israel. I will also make you a light to the nations so that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. That's God's plan. That's God's heart. That's God's hope. And then as we get into the New Testament and we go to the end of the book of Matthew in chapter 28, we have this famous passage. Jesus is giving us famous last words here before he ascends into heaven and he tells his disciples, listen, here's your role in this giant plan that I have for mankind. It begins in verse 18, and Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. If you're a part of the church, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a member of the body of Christ, this is your mandate. This is what God calls us to, to worship him and to introduce others to him and to help them become more mature worshipers of him. And then in the book of Acts, I'll give you one last verse. At the beginning of the book of Acts, we have uh, Luke's <coughs> recording of some of Jesus' last words. Here's what he says in verse seven. He said to them, it is not for you to know times or epics which the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. So, so whether you're studying the Old Testament, the New Testament, the prophets, the Psalms, whether you're in the book of Revelation, the story just keeps repeating. God loves people. And he has such a heart to see people everywhere come into relationship with him. Remember, when Jesus came, he was just dropped into Israel, right there in the Middle East, in, in one spot, just one place at one um, time. He's there. There's a group of people. There are thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, perhaps within his range. He could have just been a preacher who went around and did miracles and preached and told people, you need to follow me. And if he had done that, he could have had hundreds of thousands of followers by the time he ascended. But he didn't do that. He grabbed 12 guys. He devoted himself to making them disciples. And then he said to them, go and make disciples of all nations. God's heart is for the nations. God's heart is for the people all around the world. And you say, well, so how's it going? Is God accomplishing this? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let me tell you. Roman, uh, not Romans, uh, Revelation chapter 7. Let me just read to you verses 9 and 10. This is... Uh, from heaven, a scene from heaven. 
It says, after these things I looked and behold, a great multitude which no one could count from every nation, all tribes and peoples and tongues, standing before the throne and before the lamb, clothed in white robes and palm branches were in their hands. And they cry out with a loud voice saying, salvation to our God who sits on the throne and unto the lamb. This is what it's gonna look like in heaven, folks. People from every tribe, every nation, every race, every tongue, the people that God loves all around the world, having heard the gospel, having responded to the calling of God, having been born again and made new, are forever and ever and ever and ever gonna give glory to the Lamb of God who sits on the throne. That's good, huh? That's good. So, yeah, you can clap for the Lamb of God, that's okay. Um, and so here's the thing, as Christians, a lot of us, you may have been walking with Jesus for a long time. Maybe you were born and brought up in the church and you're a Sunday school kid who knows all the answers. But even you probably have a tendency to think of missions work as something that is done by a very small portion of the church, a very few people with a very unique and special calling upon their lives who were made to go to some faraway place. And maybe you have even been one of those people who has prayed the prayer, Lord, I'll give you anything, just please don't send me to Africa, right? Because <laughs> in our minds, there's only these few people that God has a special calling on their lives and he's gonna send them away and they are the missionaries. You guys, nothing could be further from the truth. The Bible teaches that if you are a follower of Jesus, you are by definition a missionary. Amen. You're involved in the cause. I mean, who, who is the greatest missionary of all time? How about one who left the throne of heaven to come to the womb of Mary to hang on a bloody cross so that he could pay the price for our sins? That's what he started. That's what he called us to continue to be a part of. So the thing that I'm, I want to defeat, the thought that I want to blow away today out of any of our minds is the idea that isn't it nice that God had this very special calling on Bo and Mim's life and they have to go to Africa and we get to stay here. Amen. That is not the calling. The calling is that every single one of us who is a follower of Christ would lay our lives at his feet and that he would do with us whatever he chooses to do with us. And don't be surprised when that calling comes to you. When, when he says, you know what? You're actually going to get on a plane or a boat or a train and you're going to go somewhere that you've never been before. You're going to reach people you've never met before. You're going to learn a culture you've never understood before. You're going to speak a language you've never spoken before because God has a heart for people everywhere and he wants to use us there. So one of the things that's going to happen today during this commissioning service is not only are we going to have a time to hear from Bo and Mim and pray over them, we're also going to have representative from the, um, uh, from the missions agency that we're partnering with, uh, Africa Inland Mission, to also share a little bit about that. And all of that is going to happen. We're going to pray over them. But if you leave here today thinking we sent off some missionaries, you have missed the point. The point is that God has called us as a church family to engage in the mission field. Bo and Mim are not going to be any less a part of our church family while they're in Kenya than they are when they're here. And we're going to be actively involved in their ministry. 
We're going to be praying for them. We're going to be interacting with them on a regular basis. By amazing grace, we live in, a, in an era when on a Sunday morning during the service, we could put Bo's ugly face up there on the, on the screen and we could have two bald-headed guys sitting here talking. And we can, we can be live with them from Kenya and they can participate in our worship service. We can be in touch with them constantly. We can be helping. We can be visiting. We can be involved. And that's what we're going to do. So with all of that in mind, with no further ado, I'm going to ask Bo and Mim to come forward, if you guys would, and join me up here. Grab a stool and a microphone. Come on out. Grab a microphone. They probably need to be turned on. So if anybody here doesn't know who these dear people are, who I'm just mocking Bo from the distance while he was there, he looks bigger now. I probably shouldn't have said anything. Um, <laughs> you get it? I'm not sure. <laughs> there should be a light. Yeah, let's see. Let's see here. I turned it the other way. That's on. Let me see. <laughs> I'm not technically. There's no light here, Jordan. No, I was going to say you broke it, but that one will work. All right, good. So um, I just want to, if you don't know who these guys are, this is Bo Ellison and Mem Coombs Ellison. They have been married for how long? (laughs) Bo, how long? 45 years almost. 45 years almost. (laughs) Now you're going to witness a little math about how long they've been married. Um, and, uh, and they have been walking with Jesus for a very, very long time. And many of you who are part of Grace Fellowship know them very well. They have been an example to many of us and teaching us what it is to have a heart for, God, for people everywhere. And um, I just wanted to get a sense for, okay, for those who may not know, what is it that God has called you to that we're making such a big deal out of? What are you going to be doing? Well... Um, We actually are very excited because we're going to hopefully be doing several different things. But one of the things that is very exciting for us is that we're going to do what we do here. And um, God has just made it very clear to us that we're going to use the professional skills that we've had and that we've used here for decades um, in Kenya. And so Bo is going to be teaching Um, middle schoolers, math and science, and I'm going to be the school nurse at the boarding school that we are going to be at. So um, in addition to that, we'll have other other responsibilities that um, will include hopefully reaching out and engaging with Kenyans, um, both on the station and off the station. There's obviously a lot of Kenyans on the station. Um, In the health center, uh, there's three who work full-time, so I'm looking forward to working with them. And um, engaging with people that we come in contact with. There's a Bible school on the station. There's a large hospital on the station that I'm looking forward to um, being a part of. For those of you that may know, when we've gone to Zim, Zimbabwe, um, I've taught nursing students several times, so 
um, we're pretty passionate about that. And um, I don't know if you want to say anything else. <laughs> yeah, they asked me, um, when they, we first started doing this, um, what level of math can you teach? And I'm going, I teach middle school. And so we just had a, a Zoom call with them. They said, you know, it's hard enough to get people to like middle schoolers, so we're gonna put you in middle school. So, very happy about that. Um, and, and God has just really blessed us by not only calling us, but affirming the calling Amen. so clearly so that we know this is what God wants us to do. And it was a blessing that he called us both at the same time. We didn't, I didn't have to convince Mim or she didn't have to convince me. So that's really a blessing. So you guys are going to a, sc a school, a boarding school. What in the world does that have to do with God's heart for the nation and missions work? Well, we are really old. <laughs> and our brains are old and we can't learn another language right now. So we're going to a middle school where we're going to teach and, be, and nurse in English and take care of the kids of the missionaries who are on the front line, the younger missionaries who have learned another language and are um, doing evangelism, they're doing Bible translation, um, they're doing medical uh, ministry um, to people who speak a different language. And so we're kind of in a support role to, um, to the missionaries who are there. And that makes it that so that they are able to do what they're gonna do. Because the missions have found out that missionaries will put up an awful lot. They'll go to live in a hut, they'll do a bunch of other stuff, but they won't skimp on the education or the health of their kids. And so to keep the missionaries on the field doing what they need to be doing, we're the support people. So, so you're gonna be teaching at Rift Valley Academy, which is there in Kenya. Um, how many, how big is that? Is that 10 people or 10 million people or what is that? It's 15 billion. Oh, man. <laughs> I had no idea. Almost like school nursing in California. <laughs> Um, there's about 500 students, um, and by the way, this is my alma mater, so I'm a product of this school, um, and there were about 500... You fix that school. <laughs> <laughs> there were about 500 kids there when I was a student, and it's, it's maintained that. Um, the student population has changed, though. Now there's about 20% of the student body who are from Korea. Uh, because South Korea is such a very heavily sending nation. And so there's a lot of kids there whose primary language is not English. Um, they also have kids from Germany and Australia and Britain and Canada and South Africa and Kenyan students, expat students. So um, it's, it's not just missionary kids. Uh, it's about 85 to 90% missionary kids. But there's a lot of other students there who um, may not know about Jesus, you know? They may come from families that have never heard. So we're excited about that. And just because they're missionary kids doesn't mean that they know Jesus. I mean, I'm proof of that. I didn't become a Christian until my senior year in high school, and I grew up on the mission field. So this is a really important point for us to take from this. 
we, we think of someone in Africa doing mission work, we're thinking of people learning a tribal language, going and living in, uh, in sort of third world setting and that sort of stuff, and doing the hands-on ministry, and that is absolutely happening. However, there's a massive support net that makes that happen or helps that happen. And a lot of that has to do with churches back here in the States or in Europe or in other places that are, that are financially supporting, that are supporting in prayer. And a lot of it has to do with support people who are there making it possible in whatever ways. There are people that are doing tech work to get the technical uh, things to the field that are needed to do, say, solar power and, and those kinds of things. There are people that uh, do training and support for those who are in the mission field. And there are people who are teaching and, and discipling and caring for the kids and the missionaries. And that's what these guys are gonna be doing. So it, and then there's us back here who are caring for, supporting and encouraging these guys. So this is what he meant when he said that all of us have this calling to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, even to the remotest parts of the earth. It may actually be true that God doesn't call you to some faraway land, but he is calling you to a faraway land. If he has called you to this church, these guys are going to be every bit as much a part of this church while they're in Kenya as they are when they're here. It is an extension of the ministry of Grace Fellowship into all of Africa when we send people who are going to be pouring into the lives of these missionary kids uh, and others there in Kenya. So it's a pretty exciting thing. And uh, I wanna hear a little bit from Michelle in a second, but before we ask her to come up, I just wanna ask you guys, what can you tell us about, what specific needs do you know of right now? I realize when you get there, you're gonna learn a lot more. But what are some of the things that, is there anything you need that is practical? Is there anything you need of a spiritual nature? How can we as your church family be a big part of this support? We had an argument last night. <laughs> it was the first one. <laughs> I was right. Our friends who are here and our children who are here will attest that that is not true. But um, seriously, we, um, you know, we know that Satan doesn't want us to, to do this. And we know that Satan doesn't want this to work. So you can be praying for that, yeah. for sure. <laughs> um, we have stuff that we have to do. Like, we have a lot of stuff we have to do. And I was talking to Bo and I said, you know, we can have somebody else take apart beds. We could have somebody else make a saver's run. We could have somebody else take our e-waste. Um, we could have somebody else pack our garage. We could <laughs> um, there's a lot of things we don't know yet. Um, and we do thank you so much for those of you who have said, what can we do? Um, we're very grateful. Um, prayer is a big thing. Um, be with us. We've got like five weeks, and we are really looking forward to spending time with all of you so um i i don't i can't think of anything specific that i could say oh please do this um but but we desperately need your prayer and we desperately need your support so thank you very much uh specific prayers you could pray about our visas because we've been going through the website and running into roadblocks and we think we are past them but we need those visas 
And um, you can be, really be praying for us as we hit the ground. We leave July 1st, um, get there 10 p.m. July 2nd to Nairobi, um, sleep overnight in Nairobi, and then the next morning we take an hour drive to Rift Valley Academy and Nim goes to work that day. I'll be taking a nap, but Nim's going to go to work. So pray for Mim. So, so let me just be super clear with you guys. The, the church family, our heart is to help you. And so as the things come up and you're like, hey, we actually do need somebody who can help us load some stuff up or we need somebody who can help us do this practical thing or that, um, please let us know. And uh, I'll, I won't do anything to help, but I'll find someone. <laughs> you're a very good delegator. <laughs> um, so... It's really interesting when a church sends people into the mission field like this. Our church has a, a lot of relationships with missionaries who are already in the field and we're doing financial support and prayer support and things of that nature. But this is the first time that we're sending our own people as a sending church to the mission field, which is a really exciting thing for our church. It's the first time and praise God, we don't expect it to be the last. So be careful when you're listening to God saying, what do you want me to do, Lord? Um, but, uh, but to do that well, usually what you do is partner with a missions organization who is on the ground there. Rift, Gap, Rift Valley Academy is directed by a ministry called uh, Africa Inland Mission that is doing a ton of work in Africa. And um, we're going to introduce you to Michelle Lapp. Michelle, will you come on up and join us here? Do we have a mic for her, Jordan? Oh, Garrett's got it. We saved you a seat. Whoa. I'm going to tell you right now, she walked in with the spear and I said, we do have armed people here. If you attack anyone, you're in big trouble. This so. is not my spear. <laughs> tell us about the spear. We're fascinated. <laughs> <laughs> I can hold your Bible. This is a cute Bible. Thank you. You have to have glasses to read it. I you I can read it. Well, it's nice to meet you all, and it's such an honor to be here. This is actually Bo's dad's spear from. No, no. I thought that's it's what my you parents' said. spear. It's yeah. my parents', parents. From, It's from Kenya, actually. It's a yes. Maasai spear. Yes, that's why I was confused, but. Um, that, that goes to show what, prove the point also, what I was going to say. Isn't this a blessing to hear about the generational obedience yeah. uh, that you two represent? And it's such an inspiration. And before I say a word about the spear, I want to just commend you and celebrate what you're doing. It's such an example to all of us. Because in a time and a season of life where many people would stop working uh you're ramping up your work for the kingdom amen so, thank you the spear represents what you guys have already talked about actually um quite a bit and that is um in the mission in the greater missions world we talk about people who are going to the uttermost they're going to the ends of the earth they're going to the nations the ones learning language like what Bo said um, as they're going to the tip of the spear 
Um, and that's uh, an analogy that you hear a lot on the field. Oh, you're going to the tip of the spear. And if I'm quite honest with you, a lot of the, the glory is there. You know, those people um, are often on a pedestal. You know, that's like the ultimate. But this spear rep represents the absolute truth of it. And that is, I mean, could this part of the spear get to where it was going at the, at the ends of the earth without this part? And without this part, I'm not holding it properly, obviously. I'm not a, you know, Maasai warrior. But um, this part in the middle, uh, the strong part, where the hand would be holding it to, to send it out, that is the, that's the support. And that's where Bo and Mim are going to be serving. Unless they were in a support role, this would never happen. Amen. And um, then this part, uh, which my husband, who's retired military, assured me, is like the balance. That's the balance part. That's going to help the spear get as far as it needs to go and to hit the mark. And that part is you guys. So, I mean, the spear beautifully represents, I mean, it's symbolic and special to begin with, but it also represents the important truth that, like, you've are, like Pastor Doug has already said, we're all a part of it. And it's not just the missions organization, the sending organization, that is sending them. It's primarily you, the church. And we come alongside the church, and together we send and there's been a long season in missions actually where um, this work was siloed you know was the church sending or it was the missions organi organization sending but that time is over and we're praying in a new season where missions organizations and the church together because the hardest places are left to reach you guys it's not like it was before the unreached people groups that are left in the world are the hardest. That makes sense, doesn't it? And that's going to take all of us. And so, um, anyway, thank you for what you shared. It's the truth, and we stand with you in partnership, and we're excited. Uh, Doug and I are, have already dreamed a little bit. We're excited about the future, and um, it's an honor to be here. So tell us a little bit, Michelle, about what does, what does Africa Inland Mission do? How do you guys partner? What, what practical <laughs> things are you guys doing that will involve what they're doing? Well, we can do a number of things. We can, um, and you and I have talked about, just in being a resource. We can be a resource to what you're doing here. Uh, we have, not me personally, but as an organization, we have 125 years of experience in Africa and we've learned a lot we've had to pivot we're flexible uh, we actually have places in Africa many in sub-saharan Africa where there are churches alive to Christ and we're sending national African people as missionaries themselves so it's a wide scope but we can bring those resources here to you and um, and partner with you in teaching and training and um, and speaking and and all of that but in addition uh, we can equip you the local church to do what you already said and to work with you as you keep in touch with them as you um, maintain and send and support we have ideas we have resources 
And then we, we pray also that we send and support them well. So we have resources for uh, Bo and Mem as they serve. Member care is the technical term, but uh, we have counseling available. We'll debrief, we'll support them. Uh, nearby in Nairobi, there's a counseling center called Tumaini, and it's staffed with professional psychologists, psychiatrists, psychiatrists and counselors who are there. Um, those kind of resources would be very difficult to provide as a local church, but together uh, we have a wide scope of services and helps for our people. Can I just jump in for a second Please. here and just say that um, missionaries have a very high stress level. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of loneliness. Um, there's a lot of things that they can, they can struggle with, and that's a really important resource. And it's for, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's for all missionaries all over the continent. Um, so it's a lot of countries. It's a lot of land. Yeah, that's true. And so that you know, uh, as soon as we're done in here, we're going to have kind of a little informal reception out on the back patio. Yes, there will be free goodies, so you should come. And, uh, but African Inland Mission has a booth set up out there with some information. If you want to ask more questions or know more about what they do or pick up some materials and that kind of stuff, you can do that. Um, so please come and be a part of that. Before I let you go, though, I want to ask you this. That's what African Inland Mission does. What, what, how, what is Grace Fellowship's role? And when you think about what Ascending Church does, what is the role that God would have us play as a church in your experience as uh, working with AIM? Well, you covered a lot of it as far as the vision for support, supporting Bo and Mim and having them still be a part of your body in, even as they're away. They're an extension of you in Kenya. But the other thing uh, you are is you are the ones raising up your people to fulfill uh, the Great Commission, and um, so that's a huge part of it. Uh, without the local church, uh, we don't mature to the point where we have the faith to obey what God is asking us to do, and I think the, the local church that is, has the most critical role in our lives, each of us, to uh, raise us up and mature us in the Word of God so that we can go, yeah. That's good. For those of you who are part of Grace Fellowship, this is an absolutely key moment in the life of this church. Um, really, we've, we as a church have had a heart for missions since we were planted. We've always been involved in missions. We've always been sending people. We've always been uh, sending finances. We've always been praying. We have relationships with missionaries that are long-term in the field that we're helping with and all that kind of stuff. But I'll just be completely honest with you. When COVID hit, it, it, it kind of, brought a lot of things to a halt in terms of us making this prominent. We're still sending checks, we're still praying for people, but there's a massive percentage of people in this room who were not even a part of this church prior to COVID. God's been sending a lot of new people to our church. So many of you have never met the missionaries that we support financially and through prayer and all those kind of things. Many of you have never been here for a summer when we're sending four or five, six, seven people off to different countries in the mission field. You haven't seen that. You haven't heard us talking about it. And all of that has kind of gotten sort of uh, backburnered in the last couple of years. So, so hear me say, those days are over. 
We are, we are back to being fully, fully engaged and fully, fully involved. We have a lot of growing to do as a church. So, um, you know, we're going to be, we're going to be having uh, all of our grace groups adopting some of the missions, uh, missionaries, whether it's Bowen Mim or it's Raining Hope or it's Wells of Hope or it's the Ciders or it's the Smallies, these, these other families that we support in the mission field. We're going to be doing a lot more with communication. You're going to be hearing a lot more about what's going on. You're going to be getting invited to have opportunities to go and do things yourselves. All of that stuff is ramping back up. And so you can hold us as leaders accountable to that. That is what God is calling us to as a church. And we're going to take it seriously. Um, and then before we uh, pray over these guys and sort of wrap this part of the service up, um, I, I want to just express our commitment to partnership in this ministry. We have Africa Inland Mission. We have Bo and Mim. We have Grace Fellowship. We have the Rift Valley Academy and the others who are serving there. Everyone's going to weave together and carry this together. So I cannot emphasize enough how important it is for us to realize we are not saying goodbye to these guys. We're, we're not going, well, we used to have this couple in our church and they were so great and now they're gone. We're actually, Grace Fellowship is going to Kenya. That's what's happening. The partnership is going to continue. It's going to grow. We have talked a lot about this. They have no expectation that they're going to be able to do this on their own. And we have no expectation that we could do it without them. And, and I appreciate so much men sort of teasingly and jokingly saying, you know, we had an argument last night. Do you know how much God attacks marriages of people who say yes to him and are willing to serve? I promise you they're under attack. They're going to continue to be under attack. We need to be standing in the gap for them. We need to be praying for them. We need to be supporting them. We need to be encouraging them. So all of that stuff is going to continue to happen. Do not think of this. By the way, they're here another five weeks before they go. But even then, don't think of that as a goodbye moment. It's not in the least bit a goodbye moment. So that's kind of how we're going to look at this. Um, and one of the things we're committed to is that... Is that um, God has led a couple of couples to be sort of liaison point people for Bo and Mim to make sure that they are directly staying in touch, that they are hearing about what's going on, that they're informing the rest of the church about what's going on. And, and those two couples are the Smalls and the Walter Bakes. And so um, I know that Michelle's not able to be here today, but Scott Small, I want you to come up, and John and Beverly, if you guys would come up and just join us in praying over them, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I wanna invite the elders to also come. Um, and we're just gonna have a time of prayer. Michelle, you need to stay here though, don't go away. All right, just, yeah, we don't want any weapons up here during this time. So just watch your step guys, wires and stuff, but if you can just kind of come around. Um, I want to be as clear as I possibly can here. What we're going to be doing is a, a prayer of commissioning. There's nothing magical about it. There's nothing unique about it. Um, and it is not something that the people who are on the platform do. It is something that we as a congregation do. So um, part of what God has called us to is a commitment as a church 
to be fully involved in this mission's work. And we as elders are completely convinced that that is what God has called us to as a church. And so we speak to you and say, listen, this is part of what it is to be a part of Grace Fellowship. It is a commitment. It is a covenant. It is us doing this together. And so in a moment here, we're going to pray over these guys. Um, and I'm going to ask you that if you're, if you're a part of Grace Fellowship or if you have a personal relationship with Bo and Mim, if you're a follower of Jesus and you are committed to being a part of this with us, I'm just going to ask you during the prayer time to just stretch out a hand in this way. We're going to lay hands on them up here on behalf of the congregation. And we're going to pray together for God's blessing and God's power in their ministry as we move forward from here. Okay. So um, I'm just going to sort of represent the group in, in praying over you guys. And if everybody would just kind of find a place we could put a hand on one of them. The rest of you, let's bow our heads and stretch our hands forward. And let's invite God's grace to pour out. Our Heavenly Father, we are so blessed that uh, you have a heart for the nations. We're so blessed that you have a heart for the people. If not for that, Lord, we wouldn't be here. Not for that, we wouldn't know you. If not for that, we wouldn't have the opportunity to even pray to you now. So we are so thankful, God, for what you have done in our lives and how that is supposed to transfer to the lives of other people. And so we thank you so much for Bo and Mim. We thank you for the, for the preparation you've been doing in their lives. Yes. 45 years of marriage and before that, through their childhood and their walks with you and the, in the ups and downs that they have had and the experiences that they have had and the learning that they have had and the relationships that you have built between yourself and each of them. God, you have laid the groundwork for just such a time as this. We're so thankful for that, God. And we ask that, that by your spirit, you would just pour out grace, pour out power, pour out energy and strength. We pray for health, physical health. We pray for emotional health. We pray for spiritual growth. We pray that you would bind their hearts together as a married couple so that the two are truly one. We pray, God, for protection against the attacks of the enemy. We pray that you would move the hands of government workers and get these visas taken care of. We pray, God, for safe travel. We pray for uh, preparation in their hearts and minds and bodies. We pray for every detail of what they're going to do while they're there. Lord, uh, two years in some ways goes by fast, but in other ways it's a very long piece of time and they are willing to stay for however long you tell them to stay and do whatever you tell them to do. So we pray, God, for you to give them what it takes to carry out the plan that you have. We pray for the people whose lives they're going to touch directly and indirectly. We pray that you would pour through them so that, that whether they're teaching classes or taking care of medical needs or, or mentoring and discipling young people, whether they're going to visit families who are in the field at the tip of the spear, wherever they are and whatever they're doing, may it be your spirit and your power that empowers all of it. And may you and you alone receive all of the glory because you alone are worthy. We thank you, Lord. We give you praise. We ask you to empower us as a church that we would stay devoted 
to what you have called us to. Even while it would be easy to be out of sight, out of mind, it would be easy to forget and not think about what's going on because of all that's going on in our personal lives. We pray, God, that as a church, we would continue to, to uh, you know, hold the standard for these guys, that we would continue to build them up, that, that we would come along like, like Aaron and her and just lift the arms of Moses as the ministry is being done. And we pray for Africa Inland Mission, for Michelle and the others who will be working directly with these guys as they head into the field. God, we pray that you would empower them, that you would resource them, that you would give them all that they need in order to be effective and efficient in what you've called them to do. And we pray that as a church, we would be sending people regularly. That you would keep raising up people in our midst that are going to be used to reach the nations. Mm -hmm. That we could get to be a part of this great commission that you put on the life of Abram so long ago that you reiterated to your disciples, that you gave to the whole church. The Holy Spirit fell at Pentecost and the church was empowered. Lord, we are a part of that. And so fill us with your spirit, empower us, use us to change the world as we love God and love others. We ask these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ and all God's people said. Amen. Amen. So the one last official thing that has to happen is if they don't get one of these certificates, it's not really official. So this is a certificate of commissioning that um, is actually from Grace Fellowship and Africa Inland Mission together. We're commissioning them as missionaries in the field, which means that you can hang this on your wall. So um, it is actually our practical way of saying, hey, listen, um, you're not on your own here. Uh, and it's our prayer that when you, when you look at this, that you'll have it somewhere that you would look at it and go, oh yes, I'm reminded that I have a whole team with me, that we're in this together. And we're just so incredibly blessed by the example you guys are setting. We're excited about being a part of what you're gonna be doing. And we're looking forward to these next five weeks that we have with you. And we're looking forward to the next two years that you'll be serving in this role. And uh, we're looking forward to cookies on the patio. So <laughs> let's take a minute and pray together and then I'll meet you guys out back. God, we just wanna say thank you again. It's been a beautiful opportunity for us to worship you together and for us to hear about what you're doing and for even our hearts to be stoked by the fire of the spirit that we would be reminded that your heart for the nations has not changed and that we would be an absolute integral part of what you do. God, we're laying ourselves down at your, at your feet. We have, we've come to be a living sacrifice. We pray, God, that you would pick us up and use us however, wherever, and whenever you want. For we are your children, and apart from you, we can do nothing. So we ask that you would fill us with your spirit, use us, and do mighty things. We dedicate this time now to you in the reception on the back patio. We pray that many would be able to stay, that you would create relationships, and that um, you would do great things during that time as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So if you can.